It's the Weekly Wrap with your host, broadcasting legend Bruce Wolf, and his trusty sidekick, comedian Tim Slagle. And now, without further ado, Bruce Wolf. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap. Tim is not here. We sent him to Europe. I think he promised to uh, settle the uh, Ukraine-Russia dispute war uh, in 24 hours. He's he's even better than Trump. But in his stead, for a couple of segments... Uh, we're pleased to have Alderman Ray Lopez of the good old number 15 war. Thank you, Alderman, for coming on. We really appreciate it. You know, I, I was tempted to go to the Ukraine myself, but I couldn't fit $12 billion in each pocket on the way back. So here I am. <laughs> well, the last time we talked to you, you were like taking planes, trains and automobiles. You, you had a cell phone. You were running all over the place. We appreciated you being on there. I just read about you because, you know, I did my five minutes worth of homework on you. Uh, and Wikipedia is so great that you were a sky cap for southwest airlines for 12 years i that is an amazing thing do um do you have there you go that 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 was the last time we saw you probably Uh, what um what was that like being a skycap for all that time too you know i i actually love my time at southwest airlines um being a skycap sounds mundane but you're dealing with people in all kinds of situations uh at the airport that's not me by the way i'm not that tall sure um but uh being able to help people and, and deal with their situations actually gave me a great appreciation for customer service from the airline that right. specialized in customer service. And, you know, people would often say when I became alderman, how in the world does being a skycap train you for this job in the city of Chicago? And I would oftentimes tell people that if you can tell people during Christmas in a blizzard that their flight was canceled and they're not going to celebrate with their families until after new year's and still get a commendation letter you could do anything there you go there you go well and i'm just wondering now when you talk to your constituents and you do them a favor do you hold out your hand like a sky cap and and get a tip or is that (laughs) against city council ethics rules well you know there's plenty of aldermen that do that already you know uh (laughs) so i've kind of learned to put my hand away and not not expect any kind of just just out of curiosity uh what is a good tip for a sky cap uh, per bag, like $2 a bag. Is that good? Or is that inflation raised it or what? I'm sure inflation has raised it because when I worked there nearly a decade ago, two or three bucks a bag was pretty decent, uh, and especially if they went out to your car and actually got everything out sure. and care of everything. So okay. I, I couldn't imagine now. All right. So I, I kind of feel bad because I picked up my mother from the airport. She's almost 90 years old it picked she was flying in from naples and they wheelchaired her out to the car which was great and everything like that and i whispered her because they didn't have any bills on me or anything i said did you give the guy a tip and she said oh yeah 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 she had given pulled out a bunch of change from her purse and you know there's probably kleenex with it too and a couple couple of minutes here's an altoid for you (laughs) so anyway and just a you know a little bit more uh, to get some uh, character uh, background on you so I saw a tweet of yours. You did seven laps before breakfast. Now, is that around the breakfast table? Is that around the entire ward? <laughs> Where, uh, how, how, how many? How long are those laps? So that's at the Swallow Cliff, which used to be the old toboggan shoot. South okay. on the southwest side, Payless. So, you know, yeah. the uh, Cook County has made that into a, a like a track uh, where sure. you go up and down those uh, outrageously misformed steps. And, you know, my goal is to be able to do at least 10 laps. And so just starting out my season, we're up to seven. Okay. Uh, without having to bring out the defibrillator. So I'm, I'm, I'm moving <laughs> right along here. How how long? I mean, oh, it looks, oh, it looks daunting. 
daunting. And Absolutely that's, daunting. And that's what, the I easy mean, side. So, how, how big, how long is that? How long is that run for you? Each I mean, lap? Quite literally a lap is only 10 minutes, but it's, it's going up is the more arduous. Yeah, it's impossible. It. Only 10 minutes. So you're running for more than an hour. All right. All right. Well, okay. Well, it's a long distance run uh, being in the city council. Uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't have to tell you that. So our uh, new mayor, uh, Brandon Johnson, and I say our I haven't lived in the city s- since 1958. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I may be a taxed suburbanite very soon. Um, he, he was talking about the, mig- the, the migrant crisis. And he said is wicked and unconscionable that politicians are shipping migrants around country around the country to score political points. Now, you know, I happen to be on the other side of the aisle, uh, you know, when it comes to this and a lot of other issues. Um, I mean, you know, it's what's sauce for the goose is sauce for the gander. I, they're down in El Paso and, and in other places. They're supposed to deal with it. But Chicago, which is a sanctuary city, uh, isn't your view. You know, I think that it's easy for everyone on both sides to kind of point the fingers and and. Uh, play the blame game to score points with their base. But in the re- the reality of this situation is that this is a complete and total failure of the federal government of the United States Congress to do anything quite literally since Ronald Reagan granted amnesty to 3 million people 30 plus years ago. They've had three decades to fix this. Republican supporters fuel their businesses off of the cheap labor of the undocumented Democratic uh, office holders use it uh, for scoring points in minority communities. And in the all the while, now you're at a situation where you quite literally have tens of thousands of people crossing every single day over the Rio Grande and through the deserts trying to come here because they think that there's something good waiting for them here. Chicago is a sanctuary city said in February, I think it was 2021, we're going to open our doors to everybody regardless of who who they are, where they come from, or what their backgrounds are. And Greg Abbott and a few others took us up on that. And <laughs> delivering people here saying, look, to your point, Bruce, why should I have to deal with them? You said, come here. Here, let me help them get to where they want to be. And the scary thing is, is that Lori Lightfoot is handling, is handing Brendan Johnson this humanitarian crisis that she created by completely bungling this effort spending $20 million of our taxpayer dollars a month with absolutely nothing to show for it other than having babies being breastfed in bathroom stalls in our police districts. Yeah, I think it was you who said that, yeah, there's giving $20 million to their pet nonprofits and focus on headline grabbing. So, I mean, where yeah. where does this money go to? Where does this money go to? I have been trying for three weeks to get a line-by-line breakdown after uh, the Lori Lightfoot team said that we needed another 50 million just to get through july i said not a penny more until you tell me where you've spent all this money already you know they drag their feet of course they're not interested in answering my question is they're got one foot out the exit door here Um, (laughs) but you know they've washed their hands of this and in the meantime myself the city council and all the chicago taxpayers are footing the bill for this no help from uncle joe no help from the federal government and we have now talking about putting resources in neighborhoods that don't want these individuals. We've seen South Shore and other Black communities say, no, don't send them here if you haven't been willing to invest in our communities. I mean, shouldn't they go? I mean, you also mentioned that uh, 
I, I think you, you said, how is the city able to find twelve and a half million dollars for gas cards and CTA <laughs> cards, but can't scrape two nickels together to shelter homeless migrants? <laughs> well, and it's true. And yeah. and amazingly enough, Lori Lightfoot found fifty million dollars in some magical bucket she forgot about um, seven days before she left the, the office for this budget amendment to try and keep the keep the gravy train going. And it's just. You know, one shoe keeps dropping after another. There's no end in sight, no sol real solution coming to Chicago, let alone ending the crisis that we can continue to see unfold at south of the border. Now, um, I remember a few years ago, the Reverend Meeks um, started, he bust a bunch of students from the south side up to Winnetka or Wilmette uh, because, you know, they have they put on their hair shirts every year and they have, you know, white guilt day and things like that and uh we i mean it was almost as astonishing as um you know if, if you traded on the uh, uh uh mercantile exchange and they actually delivered the pork bellies to your door you're never supposed you're supposed to trade it and you're not supposed to get delivery and um you know i'm just wondering well why send them to the south shore or send them to uh, these other neighborhoods it's the progressives who put brandon johnson in it's the progressives who believe in all this well, you know, why not put them right in the in the progressive neighborhoods? Isn't I mean, that? I mean, in theory, they fit along. They fit in just fine in Lincoln Park or Uptown or Lakeview. You could put them right in the middle of Wrigley Field for all I care. <laughs> um, I mean, at least you know, in the old in. days, I know a little bit about sports uh, in the old days. Because you know, I was an Emmy winning, uh, uh, Emmy winning sportscaster way before you were born. But anyway, I shameless, um, shameless plug, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in the old days, they they had the, the fans used to like sit on the field. They would run up to the players and give them presents. Sometimes the players would run into the stands and beat up the fans. It was much more <laughs> uh, a commingling of fans and players. So I, you know, yeah, put. Uh, you know, put some of the people in there or at least give them the bleachers, something like that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it, it's a shame. And, you know, in the hypocrisy um, reeks. But um, yeah, I, it, it, there's a 12 billion dollar budget. I, I know they're walking uh, away from that, uh, that it even though it came somebody on the transition team came up with it for Brandon Johnson, 12 and a half billion yeah. tax people out of existence. But was there money in there for uh, for migrants? I, I, I didn't see every line. Well, I know there was an executive order signed the day he put his hand the that the new mayor Brendan Johnson put his hand down from taking the oath, saying he wants a deputy mayor in charge of immigration. Um, so I guess we're going to make a serious commitment to dealing with other countries' problems here in the city of Chicago. <laughs> okay. um, well, is, that, there... is that like the deputy mayor in charge of giving the uh, unions everything they want? I, I'm, just, I'm not. Well, I, I hope it's not the same as the deputy mayor in charge of public safety, because that's been a complete fiasco oh, okay. for four years. So, OK, yeah. And I know this is not, uh, you know, Chicago problem in particular, but, you know, there was that incident that happened in New York where, you know, the, uh, the homeless man who had, you know, a very long arrest record was killed uh, by a stranglehold from a uh, uh, chokehold from a Marine. And of course, they've already rushed the judgment on this whole thing. But uh, your view on that at all? Or do we have that kind of thing uh, to deal with in Chicago? You know, we are very close. We are on the precipice, I would say, of having situations like that in the city of Chicago where people feel that there's no help coming from the police or that the public uh, transportation is not safe, that they have to take matters into their own hands. Look how many individuals have been 
injured or killed on C on CTA trains, buses, or platforms. And it's only a matter of time before we start seeing people pulling out their own concealed carry weapons or doing their own MMA maneuvers to try and keep themselves or fellow passengers safe. And I think that you're, I, it does appear that um, this man was in a mental crisis. The individual, yeah. the, the Marine restrained him, but then set him up to make sure that he could recover, which if you were trying to kill someone, you wouldn't care if they were trying to be in a recovery position, which is what the Marine left him in and made sure that yeah. he was still around, uh, yeah. present. Um, you know, well, this is uh, we what happens when the salt when yeah. the social compact of government protecting yeah. residents and citizenry falls apart for a lot of these left, far left and extreme progressive policies that say anything goes at this point. Well, uh, we certainly come a long way uh, since the most dangerous thing uh, on the L was me riding backwards and getting nauseated and having to get <laughs> off at Wilson for a while and even getting nauseated when I saw Tom Cruise uh, and Rebecca de Mornay in a compromising position in risky business riding backwards on the L and I couldn't look at that either. So I'm very, I'm very, very sensitive Alderman Bruce Wolf and Alderman Ray Lopez on the weekly. Rant. I am truly humbled and honored to stand before you as the 57th mayor of the greatest city in the world. And I truly believe that it's not just the incredible natural beauty of our city. As you look out over Lake Michigan, it's not just the outstanding food from pizza to Italian beef to the vegetarian tacos. <laughs> Tim Slagle on the weekly wrap and Alderman Ray Lopez of the 15th Ward is gracing us in uh, Tim's stead today. And uh, there, there is the mayor. I mean, hey, when you're a mayor, you got to appeal to everyone. Uh, and we're, uh, I guess, literally a melting pot of uh, all, all kinds of food there. Uh, he's got a he's got a formidable ta uh, task ahead uh, of, of him, does he not? Well, the city definitely left in 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 disarray following Lori Lightfoot's departure, but I don't know how well he's going to do in bringing it together by talking about vegan tacos, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, we could all talk about quesadillas all we want, but you got to call them for what they are. Um, and no one's going to call them a vegan taco and think you know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I note that, I, was it just yesterday, that a woman named Sherelle Parker won the Democratic primary for mayor of Philadelphia. Uh, to uh, uh, quote the W.C. Fields, uh, on the whole, I'd rather be in Philadelphia right now. It looks like she was tough on crime, called for more police officers on the streets, supported stop and frisk. I remember, I think Stephanie Neely was the last person to do that in a uh, mayoral administration. Uh, she uh, floated that out. Um, and um, Helen, this Helen Jim, who was endorsed by Bernie Sanders, AOC, and every other progressive group in America came in third. So how did Philadelphia get it that way? But uh, Paul Vallis wasn't able to uh, get over the hump. I think there's a genuineness to what she was saying in Philadelphia. I was reading this story earlier today, but she espouses the most common sense approach to dealing with things uh, when it comes to public safety. And we've seen so many Democrats across this country pander to the extreme, pander to the criminal, pander to our 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 least common denominators. 
as opposed to pushing people and holding them accountable and saying there's nothing wrong with holding our people accountable. And if we had more leaders willing to stand up and say that with conviction and not get timid or weak need the moment someone says, hey, you can't talk like that, we probably would see a, a stronger Democratic Party moving forward. But I think you know, they, they willingly concede public safety in that regard to Republicans or moderates or anybody else. You know, the Democratic Party seems to be veering left and left of left every single election cycle. And it's really unfortunate because individuals like myself who grew up in, in a very middle of the road centrist kind of Democratic Party find themselves further and further away uh, politically from those who seem to be running the show. Um, and it makes it harder to stick around and be a part of this madness when you have people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and all right. the rest of them saying, this is who we are now. Yeah. The, um, I mean, it's interesting. So you have officer Preston who was murdered. I mean, it's just horrible. Uh, I mean, young woman, uh, wanted to dedicate her life to her community. She is a beautiful woman and she gets murdered. And then mayor Johnson, in the same breath mentions Adam Toledo and which is of course tragic. Not everybody, if, just to refresh everybody's recollection, he was the what 12 year old boy who was shot by a cop. I mean uh, that, but uh, that certainly has not been determined to be anything near murder, but mayor uh, Johnson said the tears of Adam Toledo's parents are made of the same sorrow as those of officer Preston's parents. And, you know, Nah. I, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to bend over backwards to say, yeah, we can all be sorrowful about everything. But, uh, you know, and maybe the Jets and the Sharks should come together at the end of West Side Story. But this is kind of it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, I just yeah. I don't know how anyone can justify equating those two deaths as being equal or the pain. I understand what you know, if you're trying to say that the pain of a parent losing a child, I get it. But that that requires that parent to be fully involved in the same manner as the other parent. And clearly, Ariana Preston's mother and father were pushing her to her to be her best, to excellence. And it, it showed. Uh, whereas Adam Toledo, who was hanging out with a guy eight years his senior, shooting at people at two in the morning uh, as part of a gang initiation, isn't exactly, you know, the result of quality parenting. And while Officer Preston was killed in cold blood coming back from serving her community, Adam Toledo was shot because he was trying, he had already fired eight rounds at random right. cars driving through Little Village right. and was an identified threat in the community. So they are not the same. And we can't keep treating criminals and putting them on the same level as those who are genuine, genuine victims of crime and violence in our city. And that's where that co that commingling and that that downward spiral, spiral of the Democratic Party keeps alienating people like myself because I can't support politicians or people who think like this. It's very difficult to stand on and so, or even sit on stage with someone who makes those comments. Oh, really? Because if there was a moment uh, I could have left, I would have walked off the stage. Oh, right okay. There. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so uh, there was that $12.5 billion uh, budget that they floated, and they've tried to walk back a little bit. But to the extent that they believe in it, uh, and we're talking about the police department, the plan called for eliminating all current vacant positions at the police department and cutting the budget by 9%. Um, that doesn't sound like the answer that uh, Paul Vallis was looking for. 
Well, that's not even a feasible answer anyway. That's just high in the sky malarkey to quote Joe right. Biden. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't because you can't cut the department by 10% automatically when you have automatic increases for salary and other things that go up year over year. And that's just the natural progression of spending within the city of Chicago. So that means you're going to ignore contracts, ignore collective bargaining agreements at the expense of public safety so that you can meet this metric. Additionally, they're not saying what they're going to do with the savings. They also talk about over, you know, $3 billion or $6 billion, excuse me, in new taxes and fees that they're going to put on things like jet fuel for airplanes that fly into O'Hare and Midway, that they're going to charge landlords for refusing or being unable to fill their empty rental units because they should be renting to anyone because housing is a human right, even if you can't pay your rent. So if you don't rent to them, they're going to charge you where if you have X amount of dollars in the bank, they're going to charge you a certain percentage. Or if you're going to be an employer, they're going to charge you for hiring people. And they want to institute a city income tax on top of the federal and state income taxes. Unbelievable. Three, three and a half percent. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what What is this $33 uh, employee? Is that 33 a, a week or uh, a, what is what is it? So, Do you my, know? That my understanding is that's a thirty-three dollar monthly charge for okay. any business that has fifty right. employees or more. Okay, all right. Um, and uh, there's also this financial transaction tax, and I I saw an interview, I guess, with the head of the Mercantile Exchange, and it was pointed out that you know ninety percent of their transactions are done electronically electronically, which can be done anywhere, does not have to be done in the city of Chicago. Uh, and, uh, you know, they might um, uh, follow the lead of, uh, you know, some of the other businesses and and, and take their business elsewhere. I mean, that, it, it's we, possible that could happen. We've seen Ken Griffin pack up Citadel yeah. and, like, and leave like a yeah. thief in the night to Florida. And the head of the mercantile exchange is correct. You know, this little piece of equipment here, a cell phone, is how yeah. most people do trades now. I've got an employee who's who does day trading or whatever that stock trading thing on their telephones, you know. But if you're going to tell people, not just at the Merck, but everyday Chicagoans, that any trade that they do, they're going you're going to tack on a dollar tax on top of every single thing that you sell. You're going to completely destroy not only the big economy that is evolved that has evolved around the Merck, but also the the past the pastime of individuals who do this as a leisurely activity and now are going to find themselves having to pay six, seven, eight hundred dollars in taxes because they're moving shares of what AMC and Blockbuster or whatever subway, <laughs> whatever they're whatever they're trading now on their phones. You know, it went from being a, a leisurely pastime to now it's going to become burdensome and aggravating because the socialists and the progressives want a nickel and dime you. It, totally. It's, it's a nickel and dime do. thing. That's the way the cities always operate. And they usually, and usually it impacts the poor people the, the worst. Uh, yep. But uh, what about these speed cameras? Apparently they're, they're uh, giving tickets for like as little as six to 10 miles an hour over the limit. Um, what say you about that? Well, you know, there's an easy way to avoid a speeding ticket. Don't speed. All right. So you're I mean, a hardliner on the speeding I, tickets. Right? I mean, <laughs> the only thing that I disagree with is the fact that these cameras aren't in all communities, that they're only okay. in a certain amount of communities as opposed to everywhere. And it's usually the people who don't have them say, oh, we would love to have them. And the people that have them can't get rid of them. Where is their discrimination? Where are they? So 
when they were originally put into the neighborhoods throughout the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois General Assembly instituted a moratorium on their expansion. So they yeah. only allowed them in the areas where they currently exist now. So even if, for example, in Lincoln Park, there are zero speed cameras or red light or cameras for school by schools and parks. But in my neighborhood, I've got seven. So I couldn't, <laughs> even, I couldn't even give away two of them to Lincoln Park because they don't have them already. I'm stuck with all of mine and they, they'll never have Unbelievable. to deal with it. Unbelievable. All right. Well, yes, Chicago does nickel and dime and watch out for the toilet paper tax of making its way <laughs> uh, in about two months. Uh, five cents a sheet. Don't don't double apply. Unbelievable. Alderman Lopez, thanks so much for joining us. Wish you the uh, you know continued success. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, someday uh, we'll be interviewing a mayor, uh, Lopez. That, that would be I'd kind of like that. I'd, I'd move back. Uh, to uh, well, West Englewood, if you I, do I'd that. Clear, I'd clear the path of the red light cameras just to bring you back. Here. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Alderman Ray Lopez, Bruce Wolf on the Weekly Red. Regardless, the report is now here. It has dropped, and it might not have produced everything of what some Republicans hoped for. It, it is, regardless, devastating to the FBI and to a degree, it does exonerate Donald Trump. Bruce Wolf, Tim Slagle on the weekly rep. Tim's on vacation, so we're just swapping out stand-up comedians. You know, they're fungible. Dobie Maxwell joining us. Thanks, Dobie. Appreciate your Bruce, coming on. Bruce, my ex-cohort from the loop back in the glory <laughs> days, the only hopes and dreams I ever had, and you're there. I'll try not to talk about pro wrestling if I can avoid it, but I might devolve back in there. That's, Eventually, that's you know we're going to hit it. We're, you know we're going to hit what we do. It, it, it is it is uh, and uh, and 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 why not so um there is uh, the bite from uh, Jake Tapper none other than Keith Olbermann uh said that Jake Tapper should resign for saying that the Durham report was devastating to the FBI and partially exonerates Trump and you know once you've lost Keith Olbermann I mean I think Keith Olbermann is to the left of Jim Cott, that little <laughs> sidearm lefty. You know, he's so far left, he is way sure. up there. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, no. I, it, did you follow this Durham report at all? The, you know, what happened the last few days? You know, you're going to fill me in. I try to avoid it. I, I, I watch as yeah. much news as I need to, Bruce, because I sure. watch your show to get us up to date. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you're, uh, you know, you're the, the typical deplorable Trump voter uh i am, I am yes. too i mm -hmm. am too mm -hmm. uh so but it's interesting to see what what you actually pay attention to now what what they're saying the critics of the durham report are saying that uh it's basically a scathing indictment without an actual indictment and that and if it doesn't if you don't actually indict anybody and throw anybody in jail it doesn't mean anything but it really it really is a, a savage attack on the fbi and it's a sober and savage attack on the fbi because they had no basis or as we say in the trade predicate for even starting this Russian investigation of Donald Trump that, uh, you know, handicapped his administration for three years. And while I don't believe that the election uh, was stolen in 2020, I do think that, uh, you know, there were a lot of dirty tricks and the FBI uh, aided and abetted the uh, Clinton uh, campaign in uh, uh, undermining uh, Trump's administration. And that is 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 borne out by uh, by uh, what. Uh, the the Durham report so painfully and painstakingly uh, discovered over the last few years. So, uh, you know, th that's a big deal. I mean, they're going to try and poo-poo it, uh, the, the liberals and the Democrats. But 
but it's there and uh, it, it's going to. Uh, you, so you think Biden won legitimately? Do you see? And, and you immediately go to the Biden. Yeah, yes, I actually think. OK, Biden, I'm not going to. You go ahead and argue was, it. I, I, no, no, you're fine. a smart guy. I think Lori Lightfoot ran a cleaner campaign than uh, Biden. <laughs> well, I, I actually had hopes for Lori Lightfoot that uh, when when she was was elected, uh, because I thought she would at least be anti-corruption. But I mean, she just wound up to be so so bad. Uh, and and, uh, and Chicago almost elected a uh, a guy who at one point called himself almost a Republican, Paul Bellis, but but he didn't. Um, he didn't win. Anyway, uh, it, it is interesting that that you would take that that tack uh, that you're not really all that up on on what happened with the Durham report. But, uh, you know, I, I think when you, you take everything in the aggregate, uh, let me ask you this. I know that, you know, you have reason not to like Trump. And we've gone over this before because he did heckle you once and uh, when, when you were performing. But then later said admitted that you were funny. He thought uh, I was pretty funny. Yes, I didn't vote yeah. for, for this is pre president. In fact, I was the one that motivated him to run for president. If this schmuck doodle can get on stage, I will take <laughs> right. care of the country and there eliminate cockroaches like this from the entertainment world let me ask you this do you think that trump uh, raped that woman you know that that's i was not there and i cannot <laughs> say that I, you know she well, was trump says he wasn't there it. either trump <laughs> says he wasn't there either yeah um, that's a tough that's a tough situation i mean you know i don't do you trust what the media says i don't know well i mean there was a trial there was i mean did you follow that at all i mean you're a trumper so i'd like to know you know how do you feel about that? Does that bother you? At I don't all? think what? everything just because I voted for him doesn't mean I think everything he does is correct. I think okay. he's the kind of lawyer you want fighting for you in a car accident case. Right. No, I, I understand that. I'm just wondering just I mean, how how closely did you did you pay attention to this rape trial? And do you do you, what do you I think didn't, of and if he's guilty, he should be punished. But all right. I, well, I, he was guilty. All, right, all right. So here's a man who was guilty of not rape according to the jury i mean i had a hard time understanding how they could not believe her when she's talking about the rape but do believe that she was uh was groped uh, i mean I, I i don't know how you split the difference there but leaving that aside for a, a second um he groped me too i'm claiming that now well uh, right i mean you did talk to him in the bathroom <laughs> didn't you or he something? did he was very nice to me in the bathroom uh, there you go so he you should you could, have been a you could have been a character witness for you could have gotten on that. He didn't show up to the trial, but you could have showed up with your Milwaukee Brewers hat. And uh, I think you would have been you would have been the star witness. And, uh, you know, he he wins the day uh, because could he have pleaded he insanity. Showing up. <laughs> so. I, all right. Given that, you know, you believe he should be punished if that's what where the jury came down. Can you vote for a guy who groped a woman? Yes. OK, there you go. There you I go. Can. I mean, you? Uh, look, uh, you don't think if, Bill Clinton? If, he did more than groping. I was just going to go there. I was just going to say, I think that Bill Clinton probably raped Juanita Broderick. You don't hear, you know, that talked about very much. So, uh, no, I, I it's going to be difficult. But, uh, you know, if I have to now, do you think he Ron DeSantis is supposed to announce like any second now? Would you rather see Ron DeSantis or do you are you a Trump? Why guy? can't why why can't Ron DeSantis be the president and Trump be the speaker of the House? But I think. Trump's ego is such that he needs to be the uh, the lead dog. That's the way I look at his personality. I, you know, I, I can't imagine Trump being the speaker of the House that he uh, encouraged 
people to ransack <laughs> January 6th. <laughs> but uh, but you never know. No, I don't think he wants to do that anymore. No. Um, now, now there is. Um, have you been paying attention at all to uh, that is Ron DeSantis? Have you him. been paying attention to um, Diane Feinstein? Uh, uh, apparently, you know, came back to the Senate uh, the other day and somebody asked her you know, about her absence. And she said, what are you talking about? I've been here voting all along. So that was that was exhibit A, that she doesn't belong there anymore. And it seems the Democrats are on board with getting rid of her. On the other hand, Fetterman, who is. I don't know if he's equally handicapped right now, but he's pretty uh, disabled. They they want to keep him in and it's all it's all politics. Uh, you know, it's it's not really whether they can do the job or not. Um, you have any uh, tasteless things to say about either one? Of you, them? Know, I, I, you know, it's, <laughs> you don't want to make fun of people that have obviously right. health issues. But OK, someone right. Daryl Stingley did not play in the NFL in his tongue operated right. wheelchair. His days were yeah. done. And and right. not only is Fetterman, uh, uh, you know, he's a vegetable called a cabbage, a turnip, a prune. It's prune is a fruit. But uh, whatever you want, he's not competent. He's just right. not. Yeah, no. He, as, as a matter of fact, there was a, a writer for The Washington Post who quoted him at this hearing meeting hearing the other day. And the quote sounded you know, pretty good. But then the Washington Post reporter admitted that he had gotten the quote from Fetterman's office. And that's not really what Fetterman had said. <laughs> what he had said was absolute gobbledygook, even worse than uh, Kamala Harris's English. And, you know, and that's pretty bad. So, uh, yeah, I, right. They're Imagine covering if, for him. If Trump had fallen down the plane steps, soiled his pants at the Vatican. Oh, sure. All, all the things sure. would have happened. It, it's it's ridiculous. It's a circus. Yeah. It makes right, wrestling look sane. There we go. All right. Let's end, you know, on something a little lighthearted, little kissy face here. Okay. Do, do you think that Prince Harry and Meghan actually were involved in an ADM? 80 mile an hour chase in Manhattan where it's bumper to bumper traffic all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They can get it up to 80 in Manhattan. Good for them. Yeah. No, they, and nobody believes their story. I mean, immediately they're, they're, they're almost like princess die and Dodi Fayed wannabes, which is, which is, which Where's is the weekly world news when you need it. Yeah. I mean, I just, even Whoopi Goldberg has accused them of exaggerating it. And, you know, she'd be on their side. And uh, I was the whoopstress doing these days. I yeah, I, it, it, it apparently like Megan, you know, they, they claim they're ch chased by paparazzi. But there's uh, what the, what these celebrities do is they actually hire the paparazzi to chase them <laughs> or they hire them to take pictures of them because they're the paparazzi aren't hanging around some restaurant to see Meghan Markle unless she says, Psst, I'm going to I'm going to be here. And, and, you know, unless he jumps out of a cake. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the only other thing I, I could ask you is, can you say the Duke and Duchess of Sussex 10 times real fast? Because that's their titles. No, but uh, I can say uh, the, I have a tongue twister, <laughs> but I don't I don't want to go. There. Well, I mean, that might be the sobriety test. You know, if you if you were chasing them down, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. All right. Um, the Duck Bruce and Duchess. Wolf, Bruce Wolf. Dobie Maxwell. Thanks for I, having we're me. Gonna, we're going to try to avoid wrestling in the last segment. On the, I don't think we rap. can do it.
something special about going in. As you'd walk from the, from the clubhouse down through the, through the tunnel into the dugout and the, the water seeping into the walls, you know, just because it was underground. Playing there was like, oh my God. See the people around you. When you're playing baseball in a place that you know is special, you didn't take that kind of stuff for granted. People didn't leave the park. They just wanted to stay there and absorb the sights and the smells. Welcome to Comiskey. Take your troubles Bruce Wolf, Dolby Maxwell in for uh, Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap. And Dolby, we are joined right now, this is a thrill for me, by Matt Flesh. He's the guy who came up with the documentary The Last Comiskey, which is about the very last game at the old Comiskey Park, which, Matt, thank you for joining us. I was at that game. I was there. All right. You were there. <laughs> I I'm wanted to surprised. go. Yeah. I was touring as a comedian somewhere in Kalamazoo or the Flint Metroplex. I wanted to be there and got a gig, so I okay. regret it. Okay, so now you can relive it because Matt has come up with this documentary. My only problem, Matt, is, um, you know, I'm in that, that Jordan documentary that ESPN did. I'm in it for a second and a half. I, and I got tons of people calling me about it. And I, I didn't watch it because, you know, I lived through the Jordan era. I, I didn't need to see it. I was there. But I you couldn't have panned to the right field upper deck. I was there with my whole family. I took one of my kids into the bathroom to make sure that we did the father-son, you know, using the trough thing uh, because he never was going to get to go there again. But it's OK, Matt, because you came up with a, a documentary that everybody loves. And thank you for it. What where did you get the idea for this? Yeah, well, be, first, I have a ton of video from somebody who is in the up, right field upper deck at the last game. So I'm going to I'm going to comb through that and see if I can find you, Bruce. So uh, we'll do that. But okay. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be like a Zapruder film, you know, and it, it, it'll be fascinating. So, yeah, why the last game? Why why do that? So, I mean, the last dance was a, was kind of an inspiration okay. uh, watching that. And, you know, it was during COVID, so lockdown, didn't have a lot to do. My brother and I were always thinking, what's a creative project we can do? You know, we've never done a documentary before. We've never done really anything like this. And um, we we're thinking of Chicago stories that we love and that – that last year at old Comiskey park was a really special year. Cause last year at that old ballpark that I loved that park so much. And it was also a team that was supposed to be terrible. And it turned out to be a really, really exciting team and just a super fun summer. No, right. Yeah. I mean, and the, I look, I think Bobby Thickpen got the last out, didn't he? I think I remember that. I, yeah. Am I right? Okay. You did. Yeah. You got so, it. Just, I mean, and I know, you know, we got the documentary to talk about, but what, if you because, th- you know, Comiskey Park is, you know, it's where I went with my dad to games. You know, you know how that is, you know, the how important that is. What's like I, I was at the game, the doubleheader against the Royals in 69 on the date they landed on the moon. So um, uh, what what's your big moment at Comiskey Park? I mean, the last game, of course, is great. Maybe that's it. But it, or, or is there something else that's your personal favorite? Yeah. So 1990 was the year that I really turned into a fanatic. And so there was one game in 1990 at the end of July that was like a packed house that my brother just, he just learned to drive. So he drove us in where we live in the suburbs and it was just like packed house, 95 degrees out. It was the game <laughs> of the week, I think. And Ozzie Gian won the game with like a little dribbler up the middle that no one could feel. There you go. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it just kind of, that was the game. I remember that game so well. Sure. And it stuck with me all these years. Um, so you that's know, the I'm, one I'm that just really sorry. out to me. Yeah. yeah. I'm just sorry that the late Les Grobstein isn't here anymore because 
I could have asked him and he would have said, no, you know, it was really 92 degrees that day and the wind was on. He would, he would know it better than you did. Uh, so That's there you right. go. All right, here's the last game. So what was special? What was special about that last day? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, they thought the fans were going to run out of the field. They had done that, you know, disco demolition, 1983. It's almost like it was like a sure bet that fans were going to. Wait a minute. Disco demolition was July the 12th. 1979, sir. Okay. That's right. Okay, but go ahead. That's a great clip. Um, But yeah, they thought they'd run out of the field. They cut off beer sales in the fifth inning, and it just turned into like this, you know, just this appreciation for the stadium, for the team. Um, You know, it was just a perfect day in the fall. It was like 70 degrees. They, They won the game, and everybody just after that game just stuck around, and nobody went home. The players well, remember, walked around remember, the field. Yeah, I remember yeah. Carlton Fisk doing the great thing and going around, and he went out to the left field grandstands, and he shook hands there, you know, with 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 the fans, right in the spot where where uh, a fan dropped beer on Al Smith in the 1959 World Series. So I yeah. mean, you know, yeah, it, it was it was great that they were there, and it was just, I mean, you know, that play. I mean, to me is, is, uh, I mean, I, I, I remember Louis Aparicio and Nellie Fox. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, the, the early sixties and to me, Nancy Faust is the kid. So, uh, and, 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 <laughs> yeah. and Nancy, uh, and Nancy is plays a part in this too. Yeah. I saw the footage before, you know, we, we showed that. that what's Smokey Burgess? Is he in there? Good old number two, Smokey Burgess, but go ahead. We've got Matt. So yeah. What about, what about Nancy? Uh, some of the some of the players yeah nancy was great you know she continues to be such a nice person just so fan friendly but we went uh she gave me a vhs tape of a bunch of old footage of the park and went over there to get it and she played like a little impromptu concert for my brother and our kids and i actually wow. recorded that and that's a lot of the music that we use in this documentary is just from recorded from my phone like overlaid the sounds of the real sounds of the crowd. Okay. Um, but yeah, like her, the sound of that organ in that stadium, uh, it, you know, there was something special there and she definitely nowadays, you know, the entertainment is just, it blows your, your, your brain. Right. Out right. With, oh, the walk you know, up music, all that stuff. And I mean, I, I mean I'm old you know, school. I love the Nancy Faust I sound. Yeah. Do a, a- you know, stuff like that. Simple stuff. Um, hey, Matt, th- thanks so much for joining us. It's the last Comiskey and, and uh, hey, much. And I, I don't think we should ever have a, another pandemic again. But uh, this is one of the great uh, fruits that to, to, to come out of it. Thanks so much. Yeah, Thank you so no much, doubt. man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Very nice. <laughs> All right. OK, that was Matt Flesh. And uh, do, all right, Dolby, uh, you're wearing your Brewers hat. And, I mean, are you a Mil- you're a Milwaukee guy, right? I'm from Milwaukee, but it? you know when I they were in the American League when I was a kid, and I listened to the Cubs games, and I hated the Sox, and then I moved to Chicago and I went to Comiskey, and I liked Chicago, so I'm a baseball uh, half breed. I think I don't know what do you call it. I like baseball. I love uh, uh, Jimmy right, Pearsall I mean, and Harry Carey. Oh God, yeah, the yeah, broadcast. No, they, were, they, were, they, they were the best. They were the best. Uh, they were the best baseball combination i I, I recall because they were they were too honest they were br- brutally he's a bum honest. jimmy he's a bum no but i mean and you know they i think they one time tony la Russa, in his first incarnation as the white Sox manager mm-hmm. came to went to pearsall's house you know and he, and he wanted to get him <laughs> um hey it's Dolby, something's going on with me. Speaking of sports, I mean, you know, I thought I was past all this. Uh, I think I'm going in my second childhood. I find myself okay. watching the NHL 
and NBA playoffs just for the beauty of the sport. I mean, I don't even know the names of these players. I think there's a guy named Pavelski in the in the uh, in the NHL playoffs. What is the matter with me? Why am I watching these things? You're They're curious. not even Chicago teams. <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun to watch sports as you get older. It's like those guys can bend that much and move that yeah, fast. Right. Boy, I should be so young. <laughs> You know, speaking of youngsters, the Sports Illustrated um, is swimsuit issue has Martha. Stewart. They have four different versions, I guess. And one of them has Martha Stewart, age 81 on it. Okay. Another one has a transgender on it. And I'm thinking, you know, this is Sports Illustrated's way of uh, helping to cure the sin of masturbation. Uh, so <laughs> as my grandpa used to say, if, she, if she's got an apple, she's got a banana. <laughs> so, I mean. Have we gone a little too far here? I uh, say yes. Yeah, it's just uh, when you go yeah, to Hooters yeah, and a guy I, named I think, Hank brings you your potato salad, you're in trouble. You know, uh, well, because I, I I want the Coles law, but uh, but that's what oh, guys oh see. That's what guys see in the real I, world. Don't show me that. Actually, she looks very she looks very good there. I, but I'm sure there was a, a at least a little, a little bit of airbrushing. Touch. That's a that's a roller job Ching there. there. Give me your recipe. <laughs> you know. Oh my goodness. Uh, so um, d- uh, d- apparently the village people don't want Donald Trump to play Macho Man. Uh, <laughs> Are they still uh, living? And, and here's the thing, you know, Macho. Trump was the first presidential candidate of a major party. The first time he's running for office to actually be in favor of same sex marriage. Barack Obama wasn't in favor of it. Hillary Clinton wasn't in favor. of it. I mean, they probably really were, but they, you know, kept their views in the closet. But Donald Trump was the first one. To, and now, you know, the village people are saying that they uh, they, they 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 don't want him to uh, do macho. Man. Barack Obama uh, participated yeah. in it. that toilet seat is up in the White House. <laughs> he was. Did, did you see Obama apparently? um was on the CBS Morning News. Apparently, Michelle, a few months ago, said that the Obamas had had a little bit of trouble during their marriage while during the presidency because, you know, it took him away from the kids and everything like that. Um, you know, not to the extent, I guess, that, you know, Dwight Eisenhower was taken away from Mamie, but um, or, or FDR uh, from Eleanor. But who are we to judge the. Uh, but. You know, now now, you know, he's saying, oh, now I can be with the kids more and everything. I mean, I don't here. Here's the thing. I recall Obama being criticized quite a bit during his presidency for playing a lot of golf. I had no problem with that, because as long as he's playing golf, he's not trying to issue unconstitutional executive orders. But if he wanted to spend more time with the family, he didn't have to play golf. Right. Couldn't he have done that? He didn't have to. It's not like he, he, he didn't was have doing to president become president stuff. either. He could have been a community yeah. organizer, played all the golf he wanted. Well, he was a failed community organizer. Remember that? He failed his way. Well, the only up. thing he ever did, the only thing he ever did as a senator was run for president. That's the only thing he's ever accomplished. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh, gee, gee whiz! They wanted so, him in there, um, like superstar Graham, getting the championship belt. That's the only thing. Uh, I know you're not a wrestling fan, but Billy Superstar Graham passed away yesterday. Well, first of all, I knew that the conversation would devolve eventually. All it's entropy; it's the second law of thermodynamics. Any Doby and Bruce conversation, and I refer to myself in the third person here to distance myself from myself. Any any one of our conversations will devolve into a talk about wrestling in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> so, well, at the right. amphitheater with Moose Cholak, Moose Cholak, and Edward Carpentier, and uh, Mitsu Arakawa, and Doctor. 
Moto. I mean, there it doesn't is. get better Great than Christ. that. Oh, that's it. Look at those 22 inch pythons. And and his arms aren't so bad either. The man but of the so, hour too sweet to be oh. sour. The ladies pet the men's regret. What you see is what you get. And what you don't see is better yet. The superstar has left the building. Well, he could I could channel Bob thing. Luce right now, but I won't do it. You said it all, Toby. Thanks so much for joining us, Bruce. Thank Will, you, Bruce. And Tim's Toby back next Maxwell. week to be normal. And for Tim Slagle on the Weekly Wrap. And that's the Weekly Wrap on radio and television. Follow Bruce at Bruce Wolf Shy on Twitter and Tim at TimSlagle.com. The Weekly Wrap with Bruce Wolf, a CP Pods production.